The Start On Demand. On demand. We made a huge announcement this morning pertaining the Winnipeg Jets play-by-play team. Finally answering the question, who's going to be calling the games? Because I can't speak for everybody who works here, but all of my buddies have been hounding me. Who's going to be calling the games? Who's calling the games? Who's the play-by-play team? I don't know. Well, today, we finally know. We had our weekly gab with Gabby, Gabrielle Marchand, host of Global News Morning, weekdays 6 to 9 on Global Winnipeg. And she has a rather hilarious and wonderful description of North Battleford, Saskatchewan. And as Toboggan Hills will soon be allowed once again in Winnipeg, we talked Toboggan Chicanery. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, who's back next week, back on Tuesday. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Friday, December 18th podcast for The Start. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is back next week. I better try this first, see how it works. Well, you be careful there, Clark. Uh, Nothing to worry about, Eddie. Going for a new amateur recreational saucer sled land speed record, Clark W. Griswold Jr. Remember, don't try this at home, kids. I am a professional. Later, dudes. Let her rip, hang pen. I, I don't remember that from Christmas Vacation. What? Yeah. It's a beautiful scene. Apparently, it's been a long time since I've seen that film. I gotta. Wa- I have some homework to do. Yeah, I don't watch it every year. I, I think Loren says that whenever it's on, she has to stop and watch it. I can't. There's just too many things that bother me about that movie. But it's a great. That's a great scene. Essentially, let's get on this metal dish and send you breakless, rudderless, <laughs> hurling down a hill. An icy slope, no less, towards either or maybe all of the above. A creek, a fence, a roadway, or a cluster of trees. It's really stupid, isn't it, at the end of the day? Well, he also greased the bottom of it. What did he use, uh, like Pam or something like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, didn't, he go, didn't he go sliding across the street, and then I think yes. it caught fire? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. He ends up face-to-face with a school bus at one point, I believe. Okay. I definitely have some. Clearly, it didn't end well with the smash and the breaking glass. But, yeah, the city of Winnipeg getting ready to allow residents to use outdoor skateboards rinks and toboggan hills once more. So we wanted to talk about toboggan, as we've been saying, chicanery. Do you have a favorite sled? Do you have a favorite spot where you would toboggan? Did you ever get hurt? What's the goofiest thing you ever did or the dumbest thing you ever did in a toboggan? So let's go around the horn here. Fortier, let's start with you, sir. Oh, just like uh, Clark, me and my friends went and bought the saucers. They're cheap plastic ones and uh Going down the hill, my friend Alex, she's walking up the hill, and I decide to go down. And since you can't steer with these things, I'm going. I'm heading right towards her, and she's trying to get out of the way. She goes one way, that's where I'm going. She goes the other way, that's where I'm going, and boom, I take her out. Just <laughs> like the legs. I take her legs out, she flips over me. It was awesome. And these, <laughs> these things are so cheap that my buddy Liam, he's going down, and he hits this bump, and boom. This thing just shatters into like 50 pieces, and he's just on his back sliding the rest of the way down. Cheap saucers. <laughs> Not a good choice. He's lucky he didn't impale himself on one of the broken pieces of this thing. My oh, gosh. I was laughing. It was great. Kelly Moore, what about you? Jeff Braun isn't here to make a joke about what you might have used back in your day, so we'll just let you Aww. gracefully proceed. That that's very disappointing. Well, you got, uh, and, and they stay may still be around, although now everything is synthetic and it's this and it's that. But we just we have those old wooden toboggans, classic, and yeah, the classics exactly. And uh, and of course, you know, our mom and dad would always say, and I, growing up in BC and and GMAC, you spent some time there, so you know that. Um, the hills there can get a little dicey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so growing up in BC, you know, our parents always said, don't stand up. Well, they obviously meant, please stand up. So <laughs> <laughs> it, I guess it, it, it would be winter's version of surfing, except you're not landing 
in in the water. Um, so yeah, we're lucky we didn't suffer any broken legs or broken arms. But my and it, and I have to say that we had to have suffered at least a couple of concussions doing this, and certainly more than our fair share of bloody noses. But no matter how much we banged ourselves up, we still kept coming back for more. Kelly, call it what it was. You invented the snowboard. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but the idea of a snowboard, GMAC, is you stay on it for a bit. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, they've just mo- they just modified your idea, which uh, I think exactly, uh, all yeah. of us tried at one point or the other. And it was the luxury model if you actually had the padding on top of the toboggan, not just the wooden oh, planks. If you had only natural, the rich kids had that. Mm, yeah, only the rich you kids had the had deluxe that. four-seater model with the red pad or the the red the green pad, and the, and if you managed to keep that rope on there for the entire season, you were doing something right as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, no, we uh, we settled for the cold hard wood version. Yeah, if. If, if, if it's, is there such a thing as a Benford 2000, this one ranked about a one or two. Well, still, the, the old, the classic toboggan it remains uh, a mainstay because, you know, sometimes don't fix what ain't broke. And uh, I wanted a GT snow racer when I was a kid. My parents wouldn't get one for me. They, I asked Santa for a GT snow racer. I figured, okay, I'm going to circumvent them and I'm going to just ask Santa. Well, they then called Santa. They said, look, we called Santa and told them not to bring a GT snow racer because it's too dangerous and we don't want you getting hurt. So instead he brought me this, uh, I I don't know, it was just a plastic thing that was kind of flat, but it had a bucket seat and it had handbrakes on either side. And they bought that because they thought it would be, or they they got Santa to bring that to me because they thought it would be safer. Well, it turns out it was just as dangerous because I took a jump at Crocus (laughs) Hill in Transcona and I landed on the side of the bucket seat on my hip and I had a black softball-sized bruise for probably two months. I It really hurt, and I wouldn't be surprised if I did some sort of permanent damage. But, uh, yeah, so there you go, Santa, GT Snow Racer. You should have just, you shouldn't have listened to my parents. Just brought it for me. Mackling and McGarry McNabb back on Tuesday. Greg, before we get into our next segment, I got to tell you what I found. I was looking for a picture of some sort of toboggan fail to put on our 680CJOB Instagram. And then I, I, I found something from Global News. Oh! Eight years ago. Yes! Global Toronto reporter Rob Leth was timing a race, and one of them mowed him straight down. Here, I'll just pull up the video, and I'm going to share this video on our Instagram in a few moments. So he's at the bottom of the hill. All right, so I've got my trusty stopwatch, and here they come down the hill. What Looks could possibly like go Ruben wrong? Ruben is in the lead, and here comes Al. And this- <laughs> it just ran that right. That was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rob. <laughs> he's with Global BC now, but it just ran him right over, and he flipped at a complete 360 in the air. Uh, yeah, so that's... The kind of story we would like to hear at 204-780-6868. Bonus points if you have video of said event. And real quick, Brett, uh, for those of my vintage, one of our listeners saying, does anyone remember how the toboggan runs at Kildonan Park used to be back around 1970-71? They were incredible. They were almost like a luge run in and out of the creek bed, high bank curves, and then down the creek under the bridge almost to the river. Good times. Thanks for reminding me about that i can remember doing that and if you got to the witch's hut you were doing really well oh man i didn't know that was the thing oh spectacular they were ah that sounds fun so keep your stories coming 204-780-6868 toboggan shenanigans and chicanery listen you don't need to spend any time downtown to imagine there are many independent businesses in our downtown struggling to keep their doors open no matter what they do to pivot and change the way they deliver their product or service. Yeah, there are many who are finding ways to survive and thrive and others who perhaps need some help from their neighbors to make it through to the other side of this code red situation. This morning, the downtown Winnipeg biz is launching a new program to help small businesses build capacity and sustain the second wave of COVID-19. Kate Fenske is the CEO of the downtown Winnipeg biz. Good morning, Kate. 
Good morning. Well, thanks for uh, announcing this with us because this news is essentially nine minutes old. Tell us about the Downtown Winnipeg Biz Connect grant. Yeah, thank you so much. We're really excited about this. Our team has been working on this for the last few months. And what it was for us, we're trying to figure out how can we support as many businesses as possible downtown with the limited resources we have. So back in August, you know, we had about um, a $50,000 pot of money that we had been sort of putting away in a piggy bank from events that have been canceled this year or things that hadn't happened. We've been doing that through the fall as well. Um, and, you know, in August, we launched our micro grant program that uh, put out $51,000 uh, to 51 downtown businesses. And we wanted to do more of an evolution of that grant. So how can we help businesses ride out the second wave of COVID-19? How can we help them build capacity, but also how can we help as many downtown businesses as we can? So the Downtown Winnipeg Biz Connect grant is something really different that we've built from the ground up. As you mentioned, uh, the goal is to build capacity and help businesses you know, sustain the second wave of COVID-19. It's really targeted to help those small businesses that are doing everything they can right now, but maybe they don't have the experts or the support that they need to just take it that one next step further. The thing is with downtown, we have so many experts in their fields that are working right now. So this grant is going to match those up. We're going to pair businesses who need help with other downtown businesses who can provide it. So this seems to stress the idea of creating relationships, right? So the the grant is actually helping at least two businesses at once. Absolutely. And so, you know, the goal is that, that hopefully businesses can, can generate revenue with the support, um, but not just right now, but in months to come, because I think it's about, you know, how do we look at these next few months? How do we help businesses ride out the next few months? There's really great support right now for supporting local, um, and that is huge. And so we're looking at what else can we do? So, you know, some small businesses, they don't have people in-house that can help with their marketing, or maybe it's accounting and finance, legal services. Maybe they want to look at generating a new revenue stream or, or how to get their product out to market. So this is really going to pair them with um, experts in the field that can help do that. Kate Fenske is the CEO of the Downtown Winnipeg Biz. We're talking about the Downtown Winnipeg Biz Connect grant. And this is sort of the second round of grants and programs that you've launched, Kate, in the last little while. You ran a micro-grant program back in August. Tell us how that went. That went really well. You know, at first we were thinking, oh, $1,000 going to be enough to help a business? Is it just a drop in the bucket? But we were seeing some really creative solutions with $1,000. For example, there's, you know, a Pilates studio downtown that put in a sink so clients could wash their hands. But now they're forced to close with these code red restrictions. So what else might they need um, in terms of promoting or maybe it's getting their business online, getting help with that. So we've got some really great partners lined up, um, other downtown biz members to help with this. We've got Brandish Agency, Vantage, Tandem Collaborative, Legacy Bows, IQ Metrics, MLT Akins, TDS, KPMG, Tatro. You know, there's a long list of businesses that said, we want to help. Um, you know, we want to help our downtown community. We want to help those small businesses that are struggling. Let's come together to do that. So how do you get involved? If you want to apply for this, what do you do? Well, as you mentioned, the program just launched basically on your show this morning. So uh, we just put the website live. And so the applications are right there on our website. And for those that maybe aren't as comfortable online, they can give us a call at the Downtown Winnipeg Biz. Um, We can send out our downtown ambassadors to work with them over the phone um, and fill out the application. So we've got a live application online. um, And we're just taking businesses as they apply, first come, first serve. And we're going to be reviewing them over the holidays and really try to make those connections and those important matches in the new year so they can get the work started. Right on. The, the telephone number, 204-958-4640, or online. It's as simple as downtownwinnipegbizbiz.com. Kate Fenske, thank you for sharing this exciting news with us at launch this morning. Thank you so much. Both Hope you both have a really great holiday as well. You too. Thank you very much. Kate Fenske, CEO of the Downtown Winnipeg Biz, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Mackling and McGarry. Greg, is it time? Is it time to confirm? It's time, baby! Yes! The Winnipeg Jets Hockey Club. As we've been telling you this morning, we've been expecting a big announcement. The Winnipeg Jets Hockey Club, True North Sports and Entertainment, and Chorus Radio Winnipeg are pleased to announce 
that, and th- we can finally answer the question. Greg, I don't know if your friends have been doing this, Greg, but oh, I get it yes. all the time. Who are the play-by-play guys? Who are the play-by-play guys? Do you know who's calling the games? I don't know. Are you doing it? No, I am not doing it. We can tell you who is. <laughs> Veteran broadcaster Paul Edmonds will lead play-by-play coverage of the Jets' 2020-21 NHL season games on 680 CJOB, the exclusive long-term radio home of the Winnipeg Jets. And Edmonds will be joined in the booth by Jamie Thomas of Jets TV, former national sports anchor and Western Hockey League color analyst. In addition to carrying all Winnipeg Jets games live, 680 CJOB will provide hundreds of hours of additional exclusive programming, including the Jets' pre- and post-game shows hosted by... Kelly Moore. And Kelly Moore never sleeps anyway, so he might as well be do, doing something while he's up. We'll visit with Kelly later this morning. In the meantime, we say good morning and welcome to what will be the first of many appearances on the start for Jamie Thomas. Welcome aboard, Jamie. Yeah, thanks, guys, very much. I appreciate the energy this morning, so I'll do my best to catch up to you guys. Hey, no problem whatsoever. <laughs> and we say good morning and welcome home to Paul Edmonds. Good morning, Paul. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, kind of uh, very unique for me here this morning because I feel like I've come full circle. I did my first ever radio report in around 1988 on CJOB and did that down at uh, Bison football game. I don't know who they played and I don't know who won, but it was just a matter of getting that report through and uh, that kind of spawned uh, my career so far. So yeah, thanks very much for having me. I'm excited and thrilled. Well, Paul, I don't know if you remember this, but this would have gone back about 14, 15 years ago when you were calling the Gold Eyes games here on CJOB. And we had a rare weekday game that started, I think, at 11 or 11.30. And I was your operator producer that day. And in between, uh, during one inning, we had a 90-second commercial break and you dumped your coffee on yourself. And uh, and I remember you were steaming mad. But then you, when you came back like a pro, you just said, look, I'm a little flustered. I'm sorry. I spilled coffee on myself. Apparently, I need my seven-year-old sippy cup. <laughs> you know, your scorebook, uh, both in hockey and baseball, is sort of uh, your lifeline, right? It's your stats from previous and then all the work that you've done for that game that night. So when you dump pop or coffee or whatever beverage it was on it, um, that makes for a real rough broadcast. But, yeah, you got to kind of uh, saunter through things like that. And uh, it's so funny that you remember that, too, because uh, there was a story I always tell, too. I think it was in, like, 1997, the Gold Eyes were were in a, a playoff matchup and they played an afternoon game and it, it went against the bomber coverage. So we tape delayed the game just like you were talking about. And when the game was over, I ended up driving home from Fargo and the Gold Eyes ended up winning the series. But in terms of air checking yourself, which is what we're encouraged to do in radio, right, which is listen to yourself, I listened to the whole game because with 50,000 watts, it was booming over the U.S. border. And right from my car all the way home, I caught the whole game and listened to myself and the Gold Eyes win the game once again. So that's another one of those stories about having one of those afternoon tape delay games. Jamie, you've covered pro teams in larger markets. Mm-hmm. And is there anything which stands out for you when you analyze the relationship Manitoba has with its pro teams? Uh, well, I just think there's so many other options in other markets, right? Especially in Toronto, there's uh, the Blue Jays and then go down the list. And we're not going to say the other team that works there for the NHL, but uh, we will, I mean, here, what I've learned quickly is just how much, Everybody uh, loves the Jets, and uh, we've been working on the series, uh, Jets TV, talking to alumni about over the 10 years here of, of the NHL returning to Winnipeg, and you realize of the big gap that was left uh, when the NHL left in 1996. And as I hear more and more stories from everybody and about how the Jets came back to Winnipeg, uh, you really learn to appreciate what they mean to the city. So I, I've, I've been... You know, the first year I was here, they go to the conference final. You get a little bit spoiled, and you're hoping that's how it goes the rest of the way. But, man, it's it's been a fun ride over the three years I've been here. And this is a truly a special and unique opportunity, one, to work with Paul, and then, two, to, to do every game and bring that to the most passionate fans of the National Hockey League, especially over the radio waves. Well, I can tell you uh, from personal uh, experience that Go Jets Go was a salutation that Winnipegers <laughs> used around the world for 16 years, even yeah. though the team had left. And and so when they returned, it was just really, uh, Paul, sort of like you're experiencing today, that full circle notion. And I suspect you and I have the same person to blame for following falling in love with the power of radio and the places it can take us without leaving home and i'm speaking of the friar ken nicholson 
for sure. I mean, this is really all I ever wanted to do. I had a pretty good inkling that uh, I wanted to do this when I was around eight years old when I got a transistor radio for Christmas. And then somewhere in my middle teens, it just kind of cemented it for me. And, and then I pursued it uh, educationally from school, that standpoint, to make sure that I was qualified. But I remember listening to the Friars, certainly in the WHA days, and you know, sneaking there, listening to my transistor radio when I was supposed to be sleeping, and they were out on the West Coast playing San Diego. Well, you know the time difference there, right? So, yeah, no, this was... Uh, uh, I think we've had some great hockey broadcasters through our time on CJOB, and I've listened to them all, and, and the Friar was the first guy for me. And it was interesting because... There was a celebration broadcast that former program director Vic Grant had a number of years ago on the station, and he had that first Jets broadcast that he had taped. He was part of the broadcast crew, and he aired it. And I remember listening to it, and then as an adult, remembering how good Fryer was, but then listening to him all those years later, all those decades later, posthumously, and saying he was better than I thought he was. So, yeah, for sure, he was definitely a guy that – that I admired even at a young age and aspired to kind of be like, uh, even though I was uh, under 10 years old. Yeah, Madison Square Garden, the beginning of it all for the Winnipeg Jets. Jamie Thomas, Paul Edmonds, our broadcast crew. Gentlemen, uh, lots of early wake-up calls uh, when we can call upon you (laughs) over the next uh, several months here as we uh, have our fingers crossed for the 2021-2021 NHL season. Is that what we're going to call it? (laughs) (laughs) It's so hard. You you just hope it starts in January, so you just say the 2021 season. That would be great. That would be outstanding. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, welcome aboard. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Paul Edmonds and Jamie Thomas joining us live on 680 CJOB. Freshly announced they are the play-by-play team for the Winnipeg Jets on 680 CJOB. Now, Greg, I believe it was Don who was talking about something that had him going Mach 1 down a hill. It was, surprise, surprise, a KTEL invention. Only people in Winnipeg would need something like this. People in Manitoba would be crazy enough to try super slider snow skates. Hey, look. Here comes a super slider. (laughs) Whip whiz whistle with super slider snow skates. Just fit them on your boots. It's easy to be a super slider. Tough plastic snow skates. They're wild. Wow. You can really skate. And you can really skate. Yeah, <laughs> not really. <laughs> Basically, they were two pieces of plastic that you put on the bottom of your boots or your shoes. You strapped into these things. And if you were doing this instead of tobogganing and you were doing it successfully, you're a superstar athlete. Plain and simple, because this was just a dangerous idea. <laughs> so keep those que- those text messages coming at 204-780-6868. Also, feel free to weigh in on our question of the day at cjob.com. Brought to you by Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace at 204-832-6243. And the question is simple. If you were to tackle a snow hill, which of these four would be your weapon of choice? A classic wood toboggan, a GT snow racer, a saucer, or a crazy carpet. Oh, did you say crazy carpet? I did. For the most exciting ride of your life. Crazy carpet is the new space-age plastic slider. Space-age, Brad. Lightweight, easy to handle, wild. Pilot your crazy carpet over any surface. Sand, grass, snow. Crazy carpet. Wow. Good luck unrolling those things and keeping it unrolled. I appreciate that you were able to dig that stuff out, man. That is wonderful. All right, here we go. At 204-780-6868, we want to give away that $25 gift card for Manitoba turkey producers. And in order to do that, you need to answer the trivia question. So this actually ties into something we were talking about. I think it was earlier this week or last week, but it's uh, quite simple. 24% of us say this makes the holidays more festive. Again, 24% of us say this makes the holidays more festive. Adam, do you know what it is? Adam? Uh, Christmas lights? No, but uh, sort of. 
That, but that's not the answer we're looking for. Ellen, 24% of us say this makes the holidays more festive. What is it? Uh, Christmas music? No. No, but uh, great guess. No Christmas season is complete without uh, Boney M being played on uh, cassette at my parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually know that. I knew the song Rasputin, but for years. Didn't know it was Boney M? No, because I just knew Boney M as the Christmas tape that my mom always played while she was baking butter tarts and other things that I never ate and felt really bad. By the rivers of Babylon. <laughs> that was pretty good. Betty, do you know what it is? How about Christmas trees? Uh, can you uh, elaborate? Uh, I guess the lights on the Christmas trees. Oh, uh, I can't quite give dude. you that. I'm sorry. So close. Mel, do you know what it is? How about the ornaments on a Christmas tree? No, it's oh, not the ornaments on the tree. I'm getting colder now. Terry, do you know what it is? How about the star on the Christmas tree? No. No. Gary? You know, I'm gonna have to de- take a departure on this. Say the airing of grievances. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to that! <laughs> what gathering would be complete without airing of grievances? <laughs> that is not the answer. <laughs> but, That'll be the money uh, Monday answer, I believe. Uh, Festivus is on Monday, the 21st. Oh, that, okay. Right. That's great, Gary. 24% of us say this makes the holidays more festive. Uh, we had a number of guesses about Christmas trees. It has to do with the tree. Gator. Uh, what about cut, uh, getting the Christmas tree? No. Sorry. Carol, do you know what it is? It's putting the tinsel on. Aww. No, no. And if you have a cat, tinsel is your enemy. And I'll just leave it there. <laughs> Lynn, do you know what it is? Christmas decorations. Oh, we're getting <laughs> further away, people. It's uh, It has to do with the tree. That's all I can say. 24% of us say this makes the holidays more festive. And I guess another hint could be um, these were in short supply. Pat, do you know what it is? Oh, I was going to say the scent of the Christmas tree. I can't give you that either. Oh, really? I don't think so. Really? Well, can you, Pat, can you explain? I don't know the smell of a, of a new, fresh Christmas tree that has not been, you know, that you just picked up at the tree lot, not a, an artificial one. Okay, there it is. It's a real tree. <laughs> it's that simple. It's a real tree. Real tree. 24% of us say a real tree makes the holidays more there festive. We there we go. You could tell people are getting further away from the answer. Pat, so, yeah, we, 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 that was, I'd actually, I'm glad you stopped me there, Greg, because even though she didn't say it directly, the inference, the implication was there that she was talking about a real tree. Artificial that, trees don't smell. No. So, well, Pat, congratulations. Do you put up a real tree or an artificial? I just have an artificial. <laughs> hey, real trees are wonderful, but they, but they are a pain. Yes. They require maintenance. And, well, uh, and it's just easier. I find- Sorry, this year I find because you had to buy them so much earlier, they would you really have to be careful with them. So. Really good point. Yeah. Really good point. Yeah. yeah the, wa- the water, uh, well, they, they said that trees, as long as you keep them fed and keep the water above a certain level, they can go well into January. But if you miss that one day, that's all it takes, right? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I suspect if Loren McNabb was here, she would have a pun for this. And she would say many people say that artificial trees do have a smell. They stink. (laughs) Pat, congratulations. Hold the line. You got yourself a $25 gift certificate for Manitoba Turkey Producers for Granny's Poultry Products. Why don't we ask our studio guest, because it's Gab with Gabby, Gabrielle Marchand, Global News Morning Host, weekdays 6 to 9 on Global Winnipeg. Gabby, do you have a toboggan story? Let me set the scene for you. North Battleford, Saskatchewan, circa 1995. If North Battleford were a flower, it would be a dandelion. It is not the prize of northwestern Saskatchewan. Population 17,000, many of them love tobogganing. The hill happened 
to go down and then if you if you got enough speed you might end up on a highway like that was the the kind of shenanigan that we got into in North Battleford Saskatchewan and it's actually amazing I didn't break any limbs or lose any teeth because I had a GT and I rocked that thing there were so many times I almost ended up on a highway but I mean living fast in North Battleford that's how we did it five years old ready to rock every now and then we'd bust out the crazy carpet or the saucer um, a lot of collisions, a lot of what I'm assuming were concussions that went unchecked <laughs> in North Battleford, Saskatchewan. Gabrielle, <laughs> you referred to North Battleford as the dandelion of northwestern Saskatchewan. Is that correct? Yeah, nobody wants it. Okay, you know what? You want to <laughs> romanticize it just a tiny bit? Dan- Do I? Dandelion. Dandelion. Ooh. The dandelion. There you go. Just a tiny <laughs> bit. You can have that one. Anything to class up NB. So we, okay, so the, there's the toboggan. And we also wanted to ask you about favorite homemade holiday treats because you love food. Oh, do I ever? Does gravy count? Does, <laughs> does powder gravy count with the stovetop stuffing as a homemade? I guess it's not homemade. Okay, sorry. Homemade gravy then and homemade <laughs> stuffing for me. I, I love a good sweet anything. I, I like to make brownies. I like to make cookies. But one of my favorites, because you know I love the sauce, and I'm not talking about the gravy, is homemade eggnog. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It ta- it's a process. Like, you have to make sure it doesn't turn into scrambled eggs. But if you do it right, it is creamy. It is delicious. It's nothing like the stuff you buy from a store. And it is a hit. You bring it with a bottle of Kraken to a holiday gathering. Let me tell you, my friends. What about you? What do you guys like to make during the holidays? Well, I, I, just on the subject of eggnog, have you ever tried chocolate eggnog? No, and I shan't. Wh- why? I, I don't like the. I don't like store bought eggnog. I oh, find okay. it too so, sweet. To be honest with you, I have to water it down with milk or rum or both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love the honesty. I would just skip the eggnog altogether and go straight to the kraken. But, there you yeah. go. Good choice, by the way. The kraken. That is a. Very delicious, rich rum. Yeah, for me, the uh, the favorite treat. I don't know if we actually got to mine on Monday in terms of the the homemade stuff. I mean, I, I like don't shortbread. Think we did. I like shortbread cookies. Oh yeah. And uh, my mom used to make like I always I like pumpkin pie, but at Christmas she would always make uh, banana cream pie. <gasps> so I don't know why. Mama McGarry, that yeah. sounds amazing. So mm-hmm. I associate that with Christmas as well. And G Mac, what was yours? Almond tarts that my late nanny used to make. They're uh, like a, a pie crust, flaky pie crust, but in, in a tartlet form. And inside a mixture of raspberry jam and almond extract with another layer of, of pastry on top with this lemon or almond extract flavored icing on top. And just a little tiny piece of a maraschino cherry to top it off. Did you say that was your nana who made them or your grandma? My nanny, yes. Nanny was bougie, bougie nanny with you know, her almond tarts. Yeah, you betcha. <laughs> there's, uh, you know, there's a little bit of British blood on that side of the family, so uh, that was about as bougie as it got in our house. Boozy, yes. Bougie, not so much. I got to tell you, by the way, after doing that TV hit, uh, Jeff Braun and I at Couch Potatoes, we recorded a hit with you yesterday talking Christmas movies, and you aired it this morning at seven twenty. Um, I don't know how you do what you do because me standing in front of a camera just for five minutes, not fidgeting is maybe the hardest thing you can ask me to do. I'm like, I, what do I do with my mouth? What do I do with my eyes? Do, do I, you know, I, should I, where should I put my hands even though they're not on camera? I don't know what to do. I don't, how do you just sit there so calm? And professional. You know what? Well, we're not professional a lot of the time, let's be honest. For anyone who watches the show, they know that. But one of the worst things, you wouldn't have this because you might not have this issue, but I do. Every now and then I draw one of my eyebrows on wrong. Like my eyebrows don't match. And there's nothing worse than staring at yourself on camera with mismatched eyebrows for three hours. Like this is going to be a long morning. Do you have have to sort of accommodate and and make up for that by moving your eyebrows in different 
Oh yeah, fashion and and tilting your head. <laughs> like, what do you do? Yeah. What do you do? I just, you know, there's a there's a head tilt. Maybe I'm gonna go for the angle to the right because my left eyebrow is not looking so hot right now. The right eyebrow is looking better today. The so people's eyebrow. Tilt tilt the head a little bit, and you know, try to make up for it with hopefully what is occasionally a shining personality and a lot of the time a hot mess. Hot mess with bad eyebrows. Welcome to Global News Morning, everyone. Well, speaking of a hot mess, why don't we ask you this? We talked about cleanliness standoffs this week after that uh, mom decided to say enough is enough. Her 10-year-old daughter refused to pick up this dirty sock that was on the bathroom floor for like a week, so her mom turned it into a museum. Well, she put a museum sign above the sock, but then her daughter added this little tiny table that she'd made and added, and so both of them added to the exhibit. It kind of became a mother-daughter sort of fun project through the week, but it was born out of a cleanliness standoff. Have you ever had one maybe with your parents or with a roommate or something? Yeah, just last week. I'm kidding. Uh, I I would, I would love to create a museum in my home. That sounds fun, especially if you can charge admission one day. But I, I'm trying to think, you know, maybe in the past when I've lived with people, there have been things I've done unintentionally, like never putting the lid back on the toothpaste bottle. I know that really drives people insane. Greg, I know it drives him, Greg crazy. Nobody really? in my house puts a lid oh, back no. on or a cap on oh, a toothpaste. No. It, it's insanity. Maybe they're just brushing their teeth so much. <laughs> no, right? that's not the problem. That's not the issue. Okay, I'll about- take some pictures and I'll, I'll show you the proof as to how I know that. I don't have kids. I want to hear about your cleanliness standoffs. Oh, they're, they're, it's typically surrounding the dishwasher and the lack of organization within the dishwasher. <laughs> there have been courses. There have been multimedia presentations. There have been extraordinary amount of time spent on learning, quote unquote, how to load the dishwasher. And you know what I get back? Just because that's the way you do it, Dad, doesn't mean that's the right way. I don't love this PowerPoint, Dad. <laughs> yeah, I, I, by the way, a treat for you guys to keep an eye on. I wanted to get this out before Gabrielle left. One of our listeners sent in a text to my email. They now have the Kraken in a black roast flavor. Oh, oh that's interesting. Gotta mm. go. <laughs> Gabby Marchand, she is the host of Global News Morning, 6 to 9, Global Winnipeg weekdays. Thank you so much for joining us, Gabby. Happy Friday. Of course, I've got to make sure I have the right equipment. This is the voice of Brett. I'm part of a All. great team, and that helps. Okay. If you want to How long aware, is this? Because we have like 90 the seconds. The original Noma GT Snow Racer and the whole winning team, each sold separately. Now with a Brett Hall action poster. Think like a winner. Think like a winner, Brett Hall, <laughs> Noma GT Racer. You have been regaling us all morning with your toboggan chicanery stories at 204-780-6868 for your chance to win a Canada Inn's Winter Wonderland Car Pass. We have time to read one text at this segment, which is the winner from Tara, Greg. I was going to get you to read it, Brett, because this is an essay. I'll start it, though. Good morning, the start. I have a tobogganing chicanery story for you, and Tara, by using chicanery, you really caught my attention. Many years ago, when my husband and I were dating, he wanted us to go tobogganing. I had not been tobogganing since I was 13. The reason I had stopped was because the last time I went, I crashed into a cement bridge. I wasn't hurt too badly, but it turned me off. So along comes my husband, who loves tobogganing. So we went to Canadian Tire and bought two sleds. As we were tobogganing, he tells me this is the same hill where he's previously broken his wrist twice. That made me feel rather uneasy. He wanted to go down the hill together by linking arms for one last run for the two of us. So I looked to my left and said, we're not going to head for that fence, are we? He said, of course not. We'll head straight. Well, lo and behold, we start heading toward the fence. He unlinks his arm from mine and bails off of his toboggan. He later said he thought I would do the same thing, but because I hadn't been tobogganing in a while, I was unsure of what to do. So I kept careening towards the fence and ended up going under the fence and headed for the road. I ended up stopping or being stopped by a parked car. Did he come and help me up? No. I went over to him, and I was upset, to say the least. He then said he wanted to do one last run himself. I was fine with that. So he took his saucer that he was sliding on up to the top of the hill. As he was sliding down, he hit a chunk of something and ended up flying in the air. His glove flew off, and I thought he lost his hand. 
I went racing over to see if he and his hands were okay. It was just his glove, and he was fine. His saucer was broken into pieces, just like yours, Forte. So he took the pieces to the dumpster beside the hill. As he put his broken saucer in the dumpster, he saw three or four other broken saucers already in the dumpster. No more tobogganing for me. He now takes our kids tobogganing, and I'm happy watching from the bottom of the hill. Tara, thank you for sharing that wonderful story. Car pass for you for Canadians Winter Wonderland. Congratulations. and McGarry McNabb back next week. We're going to talk more on the big Jets announcement in just a moment, but we did have a couple of runners-up that we wanted to mention on the toboggan chicanery because we had a lot of fun today talking about toboggan stories. We've all got toboggan memories, and uh, Tara was our winner. She told us an amazing story, but Greg, you had... I know Jennifer's text has been in the chamber all morning. It has indeed. Okay, here's my tobogganing story. It was about 10 and I was putting a toboggan with our two younger neighbor kids. And I was supposed to direct the toboggan down the hill. Their dad pushed me, but when he pushed me, he pushed me in the direction of a tree. And so I panicked, trying to get off this toboggan and get it out of the way. It was a wooden toboggan, but unfortunately, being so young, I was not able to do that, and we hit the tree. Well, the sad story of this was one of the girls broke her leg. I was absolutely traumatized, but everybody was telling me it's not your fault. But still to this day, and I'm 52, I will not go tobogganing. So thank you, Jennifer. And we appreciate the kind note that you attached to your text message about the time that you spend with us here on the start. And then did you see this one I I put up from Mark? This could only happen in Manitoba. Hey guys, I think I missed the contest, but my toboggan story takes place in the middle of July when we didn't have enough money back in the 90s to buy a pair of water skis. So dad thought it'd be a great idea to take out the eight foot wooden toboggan behind the boat. Let me tell you what a ride it was until, well, uh, we ended up spinning out and shattering the board on Lake Winnipeg. I'll never forget it. So thanks for all your text messages this morning. That is wonderful. Thank you so much for all of the stories you guys have shared. It's been so much fun. I miss tobogganing. And uh, maybe I'll just have to go out and try that this winter along with skating, as Greg has pledged to get me out onto some skates this season. But now, speaking of skates... Huge announcement this morning. Chorus Radio Winnipeg and True North Sports and Entertainment have announced the play-by-play team and exclusive Winnipeg Jets programming on 680 CJOB. Just after 8 o'clock, we spoke with veteran broadcasters Paul Edmonds and Jamie Thomas, who will call the Jets games for the 2021 NHL season and 680 CJOB's Kelly Moore is going to host the pre- and post-game show, and he joins us now live on the start. Kelly, good morning to you, sir. Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. I love the toboggan and, and snow sco- stories, man. Those are just great. Yeah, it's been so much fun. Uh, we've all we've all heard ourselves, I think, once upon a time on a toboggan or taken a, a fun jump. I don't know that I've ever landed a jump, to be honest, on a toboggan. So I don't know why, why do it. But hey, when you're a kid, you do it. Um, how long have you been having to keep this Jets thing secret, by the way, Kelly? Oh, for a while. Um, you know, th- there were a lot of things to sort out, and uh, we wanted to make sure uh, that we did this the right way. We're still sorting some things out as we go along. And, you know, what is also kind of added to the challenge uh, is, A, we don't have a schedule for the season yet. B, uh, we still don't know, you know, how the games are going to be played. And this morning's latest news just kind of adds to that. You know, we were thinking all along, okay, well, at least, you know, the Jets are going to be playing in Toronto and Ottawa and Montreal and Vancouver, Calgary and Edmonton. Now it sounds like that might not be the fait accompli that we once thought it was because of good old COVID. So, yeah, there have been a number of things. But what is not going to change is the fact that we're going to have uh, the, the great coverage that our listeners, uh, and I'm not trying to brag here, but, uh, you know, we have done this uh, before and we're so forward to looking to do it again. And that's provide the kind of coverage that our, our listeners expect and demand uh, when it comes to our, our sports teams. And uh, yeah, we're really happy to, to have Jamie and Paul. Paul Edmonds and I go back eons. I don't want to go back too far for him because he might not be comfortable with being the old man that I am. But uh, 
I, I, I am so looking forward to working with Paul again and really excited about uh, having the chance to work with Jamie as well. He's done fabulous work on Jets TV for the last three years. And, of course, a voice you guys are all too familiar with. Leah Hextall is going to be remaining as our hockey authority. Uh, she brings a perspective that very few can on the game. And uh, we've been able to, to uh, put together some panels for our pre and post game coverage uh, that represent the now and the past. I don't know if there are better storytellers in GMAC. I think you'll back this up uh, than Jordy Douglas and Ted Irvin. Agreed. Uh, when it comes to yeah, uh, Dwayne Gilawoychuk, the former Canadian uh, Olympic women's uh, hockey coach, w- has worked with us before. He's going to be joining us again. We're going to bring in a couple of new faces in Derek Meech and Grant Klitsum to represent the current era of the team of both those fellows. Such classy, classy individuals. Uh, we're really, really pleased to have them coming on board. And there are still a couple of other things to, to work on as well. And we have that noon hour show that we're also going to have on a Monday to Friday basis uh, from 12, uh, 10 to 1230, uh, where we're going to be uh, right up to date on everything that's going to be happening either on a game day or going into a game day. And uh, uh, that still needs to be finalized, but uh, that just kind of gives you a tip of the iceberg of some of the things we're going to be doing. Kelly, this is something that obviously we've been looking forward to for a long time, the opportunity to bring Jets hockey back to 680 CJOB. So now that it's come to fruition, it's obviously extremely exciting. But we also have to, and I I just want to set some of our listeners' minds at ease that maybe aren't the diehard hard sports fans that tune in to sports radio to follow their sports teams, but count on us to have a balance of coverage, but also when we cover it to have that expertise. You want to address that for our listeners who are worried that we're going to turn into a sports only radio station. Absolutely. First and foremost, our heritage is and our mandate is to tell stories about Winnipeg and keep Manitobans and Winnipeggers informed of such that is never going to change but what we what we are going to do with our coverage is we're also going to talk about the stories that that appeal from a human interest aspect guys you know there are a ton of great things that true north sports and entertainment and the winnipeg jets do throughout this community that need to be shared and we're certainly going to do that as well. Uh, we're going to try and make our coverage, we're, we're going to ride that balance of making it appealing to the diehard fan, but also to the casual fan that you just described, Greg, to not make it too difficult to still be interested. But I think, let's face it, when the Winnipeg Jets are playing and doing well, even if you're not following on a game-to-game basis, you can't help but get caught up in the excitement of the community, and we certainly want to bring that as well. Well, and you saw that with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers as they were going through their playoff run. I think that reawakened, that either awakened new love for the team in people who maybe hadn't paid attention before but now suddenly realized what was happening or reawakened uh, people's love for the team. And then when it culminated in the Great Cup, I mean, the entire city was jubilant. So I think the coverage that we're going to provide on CJOB might awaken that in people who maybe otherwise weren't paying attention yeah and there you know there are quick morning features that we're going to have sprinkled throughout the broadcast day as well and and we're we're going to tell stories that is going to be the the prime focus yes we have to keep up to date on who won the game who played well who didn't uh we're going to do that in a very pragmatic and professional manner and the one thing i want to make sure that gets out there right now is that uh you know we're going we're going to cover this the same way that we always have and that is that we're going to give the straight bill of goods we won't be waving pom-poms or covering up uh anything that uh, you know if the team hasn't played well on a particular night we're going to say it hasn't played well and we're going to explain in a very professional and pragmatic way how that came about. So uh, I want to make sure that everybody understands that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going to do our job the way that we always have been. And the Winnipeg Jets Hockey Club embraces that. Kelly, I have to say this before we let you go. 
these new responsibilities with regard to Jets hockey on 680 CJOB means you're going to be leaving us at the start. Well, it, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to try to uh, have a couple of ambush appearances every once in a while when you guys aren't expecting it. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You have it'll, an open invitation, Fred. You know that. <laughs> it'll be, uh, it will be uh, impossible to be able to work until, you know, work till 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock at night and then be up at 3.30 again to, to get rolling. So uh, I, those are the other plans that we're still just finalizing. But uh, uh, you know very well that I'm always going to be a part of this show and uh, somehow I'll try to find a way to stick in a good morning in there. (laughs) Is that going to be a prerequisite for whoever takes over your position where it's going to be an audition? No, no. I mean that was something I was comfortable with but whoever whoever slides into this chair to deliver the morning sports they are going to be their own person. All right. And by the way, just as an example of what Kelly was talking about, how we're not going to sugarcoat anything, we asked a question of the day uh, just last week. The Winnipeg Jets have been given the green light to hold training camp during Level Red. Should they be allowed to train? Uh, Because we wanted to know what our listeners thought because we were getting all kinds of feedback on that. And it was a close finish. It was 53% said yes, 47% said no. It was an honest question because a lot of people were saying it. You know, they were asking during the news conference, my eight-year-old kid is saying, why do the Jets get to play? And I don't. Uh, Mm -hmm. So those are the questions that we still want to be, that we're still going to ask uh, here on CJOB. So don't worry about that. Yeah, absolutely. But like I say, we will ask the tough questions fairly and uh, and that has always been our mandate and that never uh, should be expected to change so uh, and, and now as it turns out I mean you know there are so many unknowns out there guys but that could almost become a moot point too now if uh, you know if they can't play in Canada then perhaps they might not train in Canada but I'm only saying that on a speculative basis because you know we don't know anything with 100% positivity. Well, keep it locked here to 680 CJOB, 25 after the hour, as my buddy Chuck LaFleche likes to say. You can set your watch by it. 25 after the hour means one thing. It means one thing only. It means sports. And on the start at 625, 725, 825, and 925, it means Kelly Moore's sports and his patented good morning. At least for a little while yet. yet. All right, Kelly, we won't send you out to pasture today, but uh, (laughs) you're you're welcome back uh, anytime and for as long as you like. Uh, Thanks for this. uh, Congratulations and uh, a terrific announcement this morning. Thanks, fellas. I very, very much appreciate that. Kelly Moore, who will be hosting the pre- and post-game shows for the Winnipeg Jets broadcast, and as announced this morning, the play-by-play team, because... All of my buddies, who's who's calling the games? Who's calling the games? Hey, do you know who's calling the games? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You work for CJOB. You're they're the you're the Jets broadcast team. How do you not know? Because they don't. I don't know. Just wait for the announcement. Well, it came this morning. Paul Edmonds, Jamie Thomas. Hey, thanks for listening to the Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.